the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. This is where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIVIC. And Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Good morning. What a nice surprise this morning. It's a beautiful sun. I think it's been at least a week, maybe two weeks. Since I've seen the sun, even if the temperatures today only get into the high 30s, that sun is inviting us to get outside for, hey, a long walk or a bike ride or something. Uh, We've had enough of the indoors so far where we're nice and warm and comfortable with our cup of coffee or our beverage. Now's the time to breathe that brisk air, feel that sunshine and get outside and we'll be invigorating. Then later today, we can take a look at what's happening in the economy and what that's doing to our investments. This week has been an exciting time for equities. But in spite of some anxious moments, the equities markets continue to reach new peaks this week. It's hard to understand how, with problem after problem, the, the, uh, you know, with the unemployment problems and everything else, how they... Uh, stock market continues to roll on up, but hey, that's the way it is. Talk about equities climbing a wall of worry. This week they did a good job. The biggest problem of last year is still with us. You know, that's the coronavirus. And that continues to spread and seems to be stabilizing at about 
275,000 new cases per day. What a humongous number. Hopefully, the number of cases per day will start to trend downward after the last of the people exposed during the holidays taper off. And hopefully, the number of deaths per day will also start to trend down from the 4,000 deaths per day that we're seeing at present time. Our defense against the virus is improving with 7,050,000 vaccinations since December 15th, but there's a lot of room for improvement. According to the Wall Street Journal article, 22,140,000 doses of this vaccine have been distributed to the state so far, and that uh, computes to uh, vaccinations at the rate of 32% of the vaccine supply, or approximately 350,000 vaccinations per day. All I did was divide 7 million by 20 days since uh, the middle of December, and we come up with 350,000 vaccinations per day. That's a little faster than the 275,000 new virus cases per day, but uh, with 22 million uh, doses available, we should be vaccinating at over a million people a day. Uh, there's a lot of room for improvement here. At 350,000 uh, vaccinations per day, we'll be vaccinating for the next two and a half years. So they've got to pick the pace up to a million, and then uh, depending upon the supply and how, uh, how fast the supply is coming at them, they should be able to get up to maybe 2 million cases a day. So there's a lot of room for improvement. And basically, the, the federal government has made those doses uh, available to the states. And it's up to the states to distribute them uh, according to their state health department and uh, to the hospitals and the doctors and the, and the drugstores and every, every place else to get them out there. and. Talking about other things, other surprises this week. Uh, this Tuesday, the U.S. Senate runoff elections in Georgia, they produced a surprise in two very close elections. The Democrat, uh, uh, John Ossoff, uh, defeated David Perdue. There was one uh, uh, Senate uh, seat that changed hands from the Republican side to the Democratic side. And the Democrat, uh, Raphael Warnock, uh, defeated Kelly Loeffler, who was was the uh, Republican incumbent. So you've suddenly seen the two seats, two senatorial seats in uh, Georgia switch from Republican to Democrat. This means that the new Senate will be evenly spaced between the two parties that 50 50 uh, Democrats and 50 Republicans, and the vice president, Carmela Harris, will be serving as the tie-breaking vote. So basically, the Democrats now control the Senate. That means that uh, President-elect Biden has a real advantage in advancing uh, uh, basically whatever has to be advanced through the Senate. The judiciary nomination, his cabinet picks. Uh, and also his uh, plans for climate change and infrastructure. He has a significant uh, advantage now 
And uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, President-elect Biden said, quote, uh, after the past four years and after the election and after today's election certification proceedings on the Hill, it's time to turn the page. Uh, he then continued on, the American people demand action and they want unity. And I'm more optimistic than I've ever been that we can deliver both, unquote. So the first up action is likely to be another round of coronavirus aid, including potentially a third set of direct checks to many Americans. In the days leading up to the runoffs, Mr. Biden said electing messengers uh, uh, Warnock and Ossoff would mean these two these two thousand dollar checks will go out the door. So uh, the two Georgia wins op- also open the door for Democrats to use the process tied to the budget called uh, reconciliation. Uh, the the idea here in the reconciliation is that most bills that go through the Senate. Uh, have to have uh, uh, 60 votes to pass, uh, whereas in in the uh, uh, budget reconciliation process, they only need a simple majority. So, uh, and that that applies for tax and spending related bills, and they can pass it with a simple Senate majority, other than the 60 votes that are typically needed. And the Democrats are, typically, are currently discussing using reconciliation to advance another coronavirus uh, fiscal package, also infrastructure uh, uh, investment and measures to pay for both, according to lawmakers and uh, aides. That's from the uh, Wall Street Journal. And then if you take a look and you say, okay, Mr. Um, President Biden or President-elect Biden, he proposed more than $3 trillion in tax increases for over the decade to raise revenues to, to pay for his spending plans in terms of initiatives for the environment and health care. And uh, for corporations, he proposed raising the tax rates from 21% to 28%. If you recall the last... Uh, uh, tax bill, uh, the corporate tax was decreased from 35% to 21%. Now we're uh, depending upon, you know, when, when I talk about these things in terms of passing bills, certainly the the uh, majorities, uh, he has a very slim majority. The Democrats have a very slim majority in the uh, Senate, and they have a majority in the House. So there's going to have to be a lot of give and take with regard to getting the bills through. But uh, uh, what you're going to probably see sooner or later is that uh, corporate tax uh, go up from 21% to 28% because that's that he also talks about imposing a minimum tax on companies with lower effective tax rates and uh, uh, some sort of a minimum tax. And then increase taxes on U.S. companies' foreign earnings also. And uh, with regard to individuals, the proposal during the uh, uh, the election process was the uh, campaigning process was that households 
making more than $400,000, would see their tax rates go up under the Biden plan, and he would raise the top rate to 39.6% from its present 37%. He would also limit deductions and uh, raise payroll taxes uh, for those people, uh, though his proposed uh, payroll tax changes may not qualify for the fast-track rules to avoid a Senate filibuster. So uh, these are some of the things that are being proposed and uh, talked about, and they're mostly from uh, the campaigning information. So what finally comes out at the other end after negotiating through the House and the Senate uh, is certainly going to be different, but we just wanted to... uh, give you some insight into what's ahead so that you could talk to your accountant and uh, see how that fits in with your expenses and what you're doing with regard to gifting and things of this nature, and also with regard to your lawyers, too. Uh, For instance, some of the things that we're talking about uh, uh, are aimed at uh, estate tax, federal estate taxes. So he would... uh, change how the uh, Biden has proposed changing how assets were taxed with debt. Currently, there's a step up in cost basis where uh, people who die with uh, unrealized gain uh, don't have to pay the capital gains tax, and their heirs only have to pay on the gains after the original owner's debt. And uh, Mr. Biden would apply capital gains taxes to those increased asset values at death. Uh, give you an idea of how it might pertain to us. If you had a uh, uh, stock portfolio, and not in your retirement accounts, but in your non-retirement accounts, your after-tax accounts, and uh, it went up from, uh, let's say, from 100000 to uh, $200,000, you would have experienced a $100,000 capital gain. Uh, presently, uh, that uh, at your death, that portfolio is, is marked to market. In other words, it's basically uh, the cost basis changes from your original 100000 to 200000 so your heirs don't owe any capital gains taxes. Well, the proposal is, hey, we get rid of that stepped up in cost basis, and uh, if there is a, a lower cost basis than the value of the asset, then uh, the estate has to pay the capital gains. And the, also the proposal is that the highest income households would pay capital gains uh, rates roughly to those of ordinary income. Right now, if you're below a certain uh, level, uh, the capital gains tax is zero. If you're like most people, it's in the 15% range, and if these are long-term capital gains. And if you're in the higher tax bracket, in the uh, 20% range. So for the, uh, the uh, wealthy people, he would make it uh, uh, ordinary income, which would be the 39%. So basically another thing that I've been seeing, this is something we've been working on uh, at our shop, uh, for the last, ever since the election, uh, federal estate tax exclusions 
uh, presently exclude 11, say 11.6 million dollars that's excluded from your federal estate tax. And uh, uh, the present law that was enacted, the last tax law that was enacted, calls for that 11.6 to be reduced to something like, I don't know, five and a half to six million dollars in uh, 2023. So uh, during the campaign, Mr. Biden talked about lowering that uh, to three and a half million. So uh, several of my clients, they've been talking to their lawyers and about a uh, spousal lifetime access trust. They're called SLATs. And basically, that's an attempt to capture the $11.6 million exclusion. And uh, that's what we've been working for um, ever since the election, getting these, uh, basically, these uh, gift trusts set up uh, to protect that $11.6 million exclusion. Uh, so there, there, there will be things that you definitely have to pay attention to uh, in the next several months as uh, Congress and the administration uh, go through their tax proposals. So uh, just make sure that you realize that things are happening and make sure that you talk to your uh, tax advisor and uh, also uh, your lawyer, depending upon uh, if there's anything available with regard to uh, protecting your uh, estate planning plans. Okay, uh, that's continuing now on what's happened this week. Uh, on Wednesday, a march of the uh, President Trump's uh, supporters. Uh, turned into a mob when a group of supporters vandalized the Capitol building and disrupted the uh, House and Senate during the certification of the Electoral College votes. And uh, later in the evening and Thursday morning, uh, Congress did confirm the Democratic uh, candidate Joe Biden as the nation's 46th president, uh, putting an end to any more legal challenges. Uh, basically, with all this excitement, uh, the equity markets rose in anticipation of basically a new uh, uh, free spending uh, Biden administration and new fiscal stimulus with those uh, $2,000 per person uh, checks. So uh, the rising equity markets uh, basically overlook some of the worsening uh, economic news this week and fixated on uh, the, uh, the spending of the for the new administration. Uh, for this is, for instance, the uh, this week, the U.S. Labor Department in their job situation report reported employers cut uh, 140,000 uh, jobs last month. And that's been the first decline since the uh, pandemic hit the country last uh, spring. Uh, The jobless rate held steady at 6.7%, and that's still almost twice what it was in uh, February. And uh, in this latest report with regard to the payrolls, uh, that report from the Department of Labor, they noted that restaurants and bars, they drove the uh, last month's, they drove uh, December's decline 
and they've been forced to uh, uh, close or scale down their operations because of the virus and because of the cold weather. Other industries are highly vulnerable to the spread of the virus, such as hotels, museums, tourist sites, have laid off workers, as did uh, government agencies and schools. So in uh, December's job loss, that came almost entirely in hospitality and leisure industries, including uh, restaurants and hotels, and that totaled uh, 498,000 jobs. So almost a half a million people uh, were jobs were lost in those uh, um, leisure and uh, uh, restaurants and things of this nature. So, uh, according to the uh, Wall Street Journal, in the in seven months that uh, uh, before the uh, before December, the payrolls were increasing every month. Uh, basically, job growth had snapped back quickly in the summer, but slowed every month uh, since June, but it didn't go negative until December. Economists believe that uh, last month's drop will be temporary. This is according to the Wall Street Journal, and the growth will come back quickly with the government aid and as more Americans get the COVID uh, vaccine. The December figures uh, capped the worst year in job losses on record. The U.S. economy shed 9.4 million jobs last year, the most in any year in records that began in 1939 and nearly doubled the 5 million loss during the housing crash in 2009. So as of December, employment remained down by nearly 10 million compared with uh, February, just before the pandemic hit. And basically what you're seeing there is three things are playing out. One's a resurgence of the uh, coronavirus infections, and that's caused cities and states to reimpose new restrictions on businesses, early curfews, business closures. Second one is the onset of the cold weather. That's limiting the ability of businesses uh, particularly restaurants, to host patrons outdoors. And the other thing is the number three is the early efforts by Congress and the states to aid businesses, such as stimulus checks and and uh, payroll protection plans and unemployment compensation. Uh, that's stated before that new aid, new aid package was signed into law at the end of December. So now as the households receive that money, uh, many could boost spending, and that'll help uh, uh, prompt businesses to hire more workers uh, to meet the demand. So uh, the payroll numbers show that uh, leisure and hospitality industry has really taken a beating in December with 500,000 jobs lost. But other parts of the economy, uh, separate from the uh, from that part of the economy, are Moving forward, the goods-producing sector, like manufacturing, construction, and mining, they added 93,000 jobs. And other service sectors, such as retail sales and and uh, transportation, warehousing, professional services, healthcare, they added 315,000 dollars, uh, 315,000 jobs. So basically, when you add it all up. Uh, you end up with a loss into December of uh, 
140,000 jobs, but the major bloodbath was basically in the uh, uh, the hotels and leisure industries and restaurants and things of this nature. So this is, uh, you know, when we talk about talk about these things in the big picture, we're actually saying that, hey, these are things that uh, affect your uh, investments. Certainly the uh, government spending, the uh, the, uh, the crossover, the turnover from uh, Democrat from the Republican control of the Senate to the Democratic control of the Senate had a big boost for uh, the stocks this week. Uh, the uh, longer term uh, uh, bonds they increased a little, the yield increased a little bit. Uh, so basically. Investors are looking at these things from the viewpoint of, hey, what's happening out there? But that's only part of what we really look at in terms of financial planning. In terms of financial planning, we look at uh, your situation, not just your investments, but uh, the whole picture. In other words, uh, where are you at in life? What are your goals? Are your goals to, uh, to get married and start a family and buy a house and start saving? Or are you, you're, are you in a position where uh, you've got the house paid off and you've got the kids out of school and suddenly you're uh, wealthy and uh, uh, what, what do you need to pay attention to now? Uh, well, you need to pay attention to your retirement, which is probably about 10 or 15 years away. So you got to have enough money saved aside to get you through 30 years of retirement. So whatever your situation is, you take a look at the individual situation and it's determined, hey, what should you be doing in, in, in terms of all these considerations and try to try to walk you through uh, what you're going to the issues that you're going to be faced with. So you can give us a call with your particular uh, uh, financial problems and, and issues, you give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Give me a call. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow.
Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. is 1-888-281-1110. You know, we're talking about what's going on in terms of uh, uh, heads up on uh, uh, taxes. Uh, the idea there is that we have an administration now we have a new, new administration. I think it's January 20th, and it's inauguration day. And uh, basically, uh, uh, they have uh, plans with regard to uh, infrastructure. They have plans with regard to uh, climate control and uh, other things. And they also have taxing authorities because these, these uh, uh, plans are going to require more money. So the, the thing you do now is, uh, uh, you know, take a look at uh, your, your investments with regard to how it fits together. Now, most in most cases, it'll be it won't be dramatic because hopefully you've got a well diversified portfolio that has encompassed, uh, you know, uh, different aspects of the service industries and the manufacturing industries and, and the other any other industry, airlines and things of this nature. So uh, basically, we've uh, ridden uh, this year, last year. We went through that uh, uh, coronavirus uh, hit uh, where the st- the stocks is measured by the standard and four or five hundred. Went down 35 percent from the uh, uh, the 19th of uh, February to the 19th of March. Uh, the steepest decline in uh, basically uh, the standard and poor history. So uh, the steepest and shortest. And uh, so what you do is uh, uh, realize that uh, the economy is basically in two parts right now. One is the part that's exposed to the coronavirus, uh, restaurants, uh, theaters, sporting events, things of this nature. And uh, it's it's really, that part of the economy is really taking a shellacking right now. Uh, the other parts of the economy, uh, the manufacturing and warehousing and, and healthcare and all the rest of the stuff are basically coming back. Uh, they took a uh, they took a real uh, body blow in uh, March and April when the uh, country shut down last year. Uh, but it's been a, a V-shaped recovery so far for that particular part of the economy. Uh, we got a call. Uh, let's go to the uh, phone. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Can I help you? Uh, good morning. Yes, sir. Oh. Uh, Jim, is there a maximum amount that you can earn and still contribute to a Roth IRA? Yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I had the number uh, available to me right now. But you can take a look at the. Uh, it's a good question, and uh, you can take a look at your your uh, uh, tax. Uh, records, um, uh, you know, the tax information is available, and that number is pretty prominent. I don't have it. I apologize. I don't have those tables right in front of me right now. But, uh, yes, 
if you make more than a certain amount, uh, then uh, you cannot contribute to the uh, Roth. So what it boils down to, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, okay, that's that's really all I need to know. I'm I'm retired. I'm at calling for a friend, but uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I had never heard that before, so that's one reason why I called to find out the number we can look up. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank yeah, you very much. Okay. Jim and Clyde, this is Colleen. I, yes. Um, the number is one hundred ninety-six thousand. You can make if you make less than one hundred ninety-six thousand, you can still contribute to a Roth. Oh, one ninety-six. So over that, nothing. Uh, huh. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Right. Bye right. bye. Thank you for thank you very much, Colleen. <laughs> this is a joint effort with my producer, Colleen. Thank you, Google. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that is a pretty large number. I have to agree with you there. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. You're more, you're more than welcome. Have a good day now. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. And, uh, Colleen, you'll have to remind me. Uh, <laughs> or I'm, I'll remind myself uh, uh, next week to have those tables available. It's a very, very good question, very simple question, and you just needed the data, that needed the information right in front of you. Thank you. Uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can do, you can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 281 As I was saying before, parts of this economy, the major parts of this economy, are coming back strongly. Uh, it's coming back faster than the original estimates were when we were in the springtime when uh, People were saying how long it would take us to get back into shape. Like, uh, for instance, the government reports from the uh, Department of Commerce. They show that the orders for manufactured goods rose 1% in uh, November, and or they rose about $5 billion to $487.2 billion for November. And the shipments of manufactured goods increased seven-tenths of 1%, or $3.5 billion to $492 billion worth of uh, hardware. Uh, We'll talk about the details later in the show and tell you where uh, different parts of it are. But what you're going to see is large sections of the manufacturing industries are, right now, they're probably about anywhere from 4 to 6%. Uh, short uh, where they were in February. So they went down like a 
uh, falling into a hole in March and April when they were, things were shut down, and now they've come back again. And according to the Institute for Supply Management, uh, they uh, substantiated the improvement in manufacturing. And according to their report, and this is a, uh, a qualitative report as opposed to a quantitative, qualitative in the sense that the Institute of Supply Management uh, pulses, uh, they send questionnaires out to uh, executives in man- manufacturing and the manufacturer, they, they grind these numbers together and say, hey, how are we doing this month versus last month? And this month is better than last month, according to them. A measure of U.S. manufacturing expanded in December at the fastest pace in more than two years, bolstered by a pickup in new orders and the strongest growth in production since 2011. Uh, A gauge of the factory activity unexpectedly increased to 60.7 from 57.5. a month earlier, that's according to the Institute of Supply Management that was released uh, Tuesday, and readings above 50. 50 is kind of neutral. Anything above 50 indicates a expansion. Below 50 indicates a contraction. So 60 is up there. And according to Timothy uh, Fuhr, who's the chairman of the ISM's manufacturing business, he said that uh, uh, first quarter of 2021 looks good, but we're being impacted by the labor side simply because the uh, uh, quantity of the infections and the quantity of people who are having to self-quarantine is just so overwhelming that everybody is being affected by it. So uh, there's a sector of the economy that is going gung-ho uh, but the people are getting sick with this virus. So let's go to the phone together. Hello, this is this Tony. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Can I help you? Good morning. Hello. Hi. Good morning, Jim. Happy New good Year morning. to you. And hope you. hopefully you have a healthy 2021. <laughs> true. True. Thank you very much. And best um, health to you, too. <laughs> thank you. Uh, your previous caller jogged my memory about uh, Roth, and I'm wondering if uh, over the next year or so, if uh, Biden starts creeping the taxes up, is it time to uh, do some conversions over to Roth? I am uh, – how old are you? 62. 62. Yeah. Uh, in your case, it, it may be uh, it may be useful, you know, because basically what you're trying to do is protect yourself, protect your you're trying to protect your earnings uh, of your investment against increases in taxes. So the idea here is to pay the money right now and uh, uh, get the tax rate that it is now before the tax rates increase. Okay. Uh, the the uncertainty of it is that uh, will the government uh, keep its promise with regard to the uh, to the Roth? In other words, this promise is basically, hey, 
you put you pay us now. Uh, you put your money into a Roth. It's uh, uh, it's after tax money that's in the Roth, and uh, the earnings will not be taxed, which is which is basically good news if the government sticks with its promise. Uh, right. If the okay. government uh, needs the money, they might take a look at the Roth sooner or later. So in your case, uh, it, you feel that the tax rates are going up. I feel the tax rates are going up, too. So it would be a good move, but you've got to keep that caveat in mind. Uh, you're paying your taxes now, and they might renege on their promises. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard in the past, especially when Obama was in, that they had been looking at all the IRAs and pensions, and they found trillions of dollars there. And I'm, you know, just concerned it's too much of a temptation for them. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, they are taking a look at retirement plans, and they're taking a look at retirement plans, and, and this wasn't spelled out in the uh, uh, campaigning, uh, but they are taking a look uh, in the House and the Senate with regard to limiting that uh, nineteen thousand six hundred dollars that can be put in in four hundred one k's, and oh. uh, they'll, they'll probably get around to doing something there, depending upon the uh, income of the person. The higher, uh, the higher the income, the more uh, more taxes you're going to pay. That's that's okay. the scenario you're looking at right now. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll uh, with my tax guy. Thank you. You're, you're breaking up, Tony. I can't hear you. Okay. All right. Hello, Don. This is Jim McAleese. How are you today? Just fine, Don. How are you? I got two RMD questions, okay? Right. Uh, hello, Jim? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Jim. Uh, I Go got ahead. two I'm RMD. Listening. Okay, I got two RMD questions. Uh, I've got... for. One thing, I've got uh, two different answers for uh, one of my questions. Uh, one of them is if if I, okay, I'm 75 years old. If I take my RMD out this year, can I, the rest of my IRA, can I move it over to my Roth account? Okay, so you want to convert. Uh your uh, okay, your, I have an IRA uh, account. You do your call it, let's call it a traditional IRA. You're thinking about converting that to a Roth IRA after I pay my RMD for uh 2021. Yeah, okay. Uh, the the I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to steer you wrong. Uh, so let me let me uh, take let me do some research on that and give you a uh, you, you give me a call next week and I'll give you an okay. answer to that. Okay. Okay. Because uh, uh, it is it is a question of uh, uh, details and I don't want to just throw something at you and and have you go uh, uh, making a bad decision with regard to the information you got here. So. I'll research it for you. Now, you're thinking about converting your traditional IRA account 
into a uh, Roth IRA account. And right after I take uh, after I take my RMD out for 2021. Gotcha, gotcha. Got okay. It. Okay, okay my next question. Go ahead. Okay, my my other question is for uh, you know, what do you tell your customers about uh, your your IRA? Uh, your very if I have various funds and I want to take my RMD my RMD out, do I take it out of my funds that are doing well, or do I take it out of funds that are not doing as well? Okay. There's several uh, approaches to that. Uh, if you take it out of your funds that are doing well, uh, then uh, uh, you're possibly going to unbalance your portfolio. In other words, you've got a certain number of stocks, certain number of bonds, you've got a diversified portfolio. So if you go in there and say one approach would be, and that's the way some you know, mutual funds will do it, They'll take a, a little percentage out of each of your funds that you have in that IRA account. And uh, uh, typically what I do would be to take it out of the losers, and uh, but I, I still pay attention to uh, how much unbalancing I'm going to be doing with regard to uh, this account. Anyway, I don't want to suddenly uh, pull out this uh, required minimum distribution and have uh, suddenly I'm going from uh, uh, 60% or 65% stock to 70, 75% stock. So, you understand? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, oh, All right. Okay, thank you so very it, much, it, Jim. It's thank you. Keep, tra- keep track of the balance. That's keep track of the the composition of your portfolio, and if it if it doesn't unbalance it too much, uh, take the losers out. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, All sir. Right. You have a good day. Now, take care. Now, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Flow. You can give us a call over our toll free number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Let's talk about this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number is one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Let's talk about what's happening in that uh, job situation report where suddenly uh, the uh, the hospitality uh, industry was getting pummeled beyond belief. Uh, if you take a look at what happened in December. Uh, in the big picture, the uh, the number of new jobs has gone down. We've lost 140,000 jobs there in December. Now, if we take a look at three prior months, let's just back up and see what we've been doing. Because I always find if I'm if I'm looking at a number, I don't have a good context of what it means in terms of the big picture. So I take a look and say, okay. Uh, the interest, the economy lost 140,000 jobs in December. It gained 
336,000 jobs in November. It gained 654,000 jobs in October. In September, it gained 711,000 jobs. And in August, it gained uh, one and a half million jobs. So uh, ever since we came out of this uh, uh, hole in March and April, uh, uh, the number of uh, uh, increases in jobs has been going up month after month. For instance, by June, it was close to 5 million. July was close to 2 million. August was 1.5 million. And here we are down to now we're, we're past zero and we're in the negative numbers. So uh, it's basically what we're seeing is uh, uh, the weakness is primarily in the leisure and hospitality. Uh, and uh, the uh, private sector... Uh, the private sector has been, been uh, uh, in terms of uh, manufacturing, manufacturing, uh, construction, mining, uh, manufacturing added 38,000 manufacturing jobs, uh, construction added 51,000 jobs, mining added only 4,000, but mining is, that includes that oil and gas exploration, and that is the case of uh, you know, oil is down right now. It's come up uh, from $48 a barrel to $52 a barrel uh, this week. But until we get into the $60, $65 a barrel, uh, you're not going to see a lot of fracking and, and pumping going on in the oil industry. So what you're seeing is that in uh, the state governments, uh, they lost uh, 19,000 jobs, and uh, uh, most of that was in the uh, uh, the uh, educational departments. The local governments, they lost 32,000 jobs, and the leisure and hospitality, they lost 498,000 jobs. Uh, the, the individual parts of it is, uh, leisure and hospitality declined 498,000 with uh, three quarters of that uh, decrease in food services and drinking places. That's 372,000 of the 498. And uh, uh, employment also fell in gambling, recreational industries, 92,000. Accommodation, that's hotels, that's 24,000 jobs. Uh, basically, if you look at where we were in February, uh, in the leisure and hospitality, they're down uh, 3.9 million jobs since February. So that's been an industry that's been uh, kicked around badly. Uh, if we take a look at the uh, private education, uh, private education decreased 63,000 in uh, December. And uh, we take a look at professional and uh, business services that increased 161,000. And but of the 161,000, uh, temporary health services was 68,000 of that. Uh, in the old days, the temporary health services, uh, uh, you'd look at that number with kind of a jaundiced eye and say, well, 
uh, that's not really a permanent job. But in today's world with COVID and people moving around and people uh, uh, trying to find people that are well and are not constrained by child care and not constrained by uh, concerns about health, it's hard to find people. So uh, temporary people, uh, job services are, are increasing. Retail sales Retail sales even increased, uh, 121,000 jobs in December. Of course, that was the Christmas season. and uh, But uh, part of that was uh, 14,000 in non-store retailers and 13,000 in, in uh, automobile dealers. Construction, uh, that was the construction is booming. Uh, and it will boom because... Uh, uh, Part of this uh, single-family homes uh, are going like crazy, like wildfire. And uh, the new administration is certainly going to put an emphasis on the infrastructure. So you're going to see a lot of uh, activity going on there. So overall, uh, what you're seeing is that factory industries are in good shape. That's according to both the... uh, uh, government numbers, as well as, well as the uh, numbers from the market corporation in their, their purchasing managers index, and you're also seeing it even in the claims for unemployment. Uh, the claims for unemployment were approximately flat. The new claims were approximately 787,000. So, uh, all in all, what you're seeing is that what you. What you're seeing is a uh, uh, industry, an economy that is getting back into shape. And uh, the faster we get these vaccines out, the faster we get the people vaccinated, uh, the the, uh, hospitality industry will also come back. So that's what we're looking for in the springtime. So when people begin to get vaccinated in, a hundred, what, a million a day or two million a day. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Over the holidays, we've watched some old movies. And one that I liked very much was called Secondhand Lion. Uh, it had a relevant message that struck me. Uh, the old the movie starred uh, Robert Duvall and, and and Michael Caine as two hard-boiled eccentric old codgers who lived in their ranchackle ranchackle <laughs> ramshackle farm in Texas. The uncles were said by many to have a secret fortune, fortune, and thus the target of every traveling salesperson in Texas. They in turn sat on their porch with shotguns and shooting at the salespeople just to scare them away. Into this mix, we saw a 14-year-old boy was left off by his mom for the care of the two uh, uncles. It's a whimsical story about a boy who finds a much-needed father figure in his two eccentric uh, great-uncles. There's a lot of good stories there. And this is a story about men who are sort of used up. You know, they're spent. This is a, a secondhand lion. Uh, these people are basically these two guys who are uh, waiting to die. And this kid 
really needs them, and he's trying to save them. And the boy wants them to live carefully and die of an old age. And one of the favorite speeches from the movie goes from Robert Duval to the boy, and he says, quote, Sometimes the things that may or may not be true are the things that a man needs to believe in the most. One is that people are basically good, that people that honor and courage and virtue mean everything, that power and money don't mean anything, that good always triumphs over evil. And I want you to remember this most of all, that love, true love, never dies. Then he followed it with this. It doesn't matter if any of this is true. There's an idea. You see, a man must believe in those things because these are the things worth believing in. That's what he's telling the boy. It just struck me. You have your own sense of honor. Even in this immoral world that people are around you are cutting corners and cheating, uh, you set your own sense of honor. So think about that. Until we meet again next week, For more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.